gotta get messy and show the world you growing as an artist and you're free to be yourself you got a dream you need to start it stick together get messy says you're formally invited to a community where you can find people that spark the field of excitement too many art supplies not enough time no it's tougher so you must find a way to feel some connection we got a lot of people with the same kind a great mind we here for you a platform so we can hear your views time's yours forget chores i know you bored of them same rules it's Kelly Gray and you're listening to, guess what, the Get Messy Podcast. Today I'm talking with the awesomest of the awesome ladies, Kristen Tweedale. Kristen was born and raised in the North Jersey suburbs of NYC. She misses real pizza, her family, and diners in that order. She currently lives in East Lansing with her partner Jeff and her magical, ever-growing vegetable garden, She's got to get those pits ingredients after all. She is the founder and leader of the Awesome Ladies Project, a feminist scrapbooking community for women who want to learn to tell the stories of their lives with pictures, paper supplies, words, and the bits of life we pick up along the way. You can join at theawesomeladiesproject.com or, excitingly, you can download the brand new ALP community app that she created. She also has a podcast, Crafty As Female, with almost 300 episodes that you can pick up on any of your favorite podcast players. She studied intersectional feminism and women in American politics at Rikers University with a degree in political science and women's and gender studies and a minor in sociology, if we care about these things. She also suffers from two overlapping headache disorders, One's the fairly common general migraine disorder, another less ahead of, and is the one that really messes with her life, and that is called, okay, I can't pronounce this, but hemicrania continua. Maybe I pronounced it right? But it basically means continuous headaches on one side of the head. And that's the deal. Daily headaches and other neurological symptoms that went undiagnosed for almost a decade that are part of her life along with everything else. Kristen never imagined running her own business until these headaches forced her to radically change how she was going to live her life. That is Kristen's story. And in this episode, we are talking about telling your story. Whether that story makes its way to a book, in this case, we're talking about self-published books, or that story just makes the pages of your journal. Your story is worth telling You are worthy of telling your story and it is important now more than ever to tell your story and build that connection through the act of telling it. Man, this is a good one. All of these episodes are good ones, but prepare your heart for listening to Kristen. Kristen, I always love talking to you and I'm so glad it's going to be recorded this time. (laughs) I am so excited to be here with you today, Kaylee. Yeah. So today we're talking mainly about you as an author, but you've got a lot happening, uh, a lot of exciting things, some of them very recent you want to share. Yeah, I am someone who always has a lot of things going on. That's just how my brain kind of works. I'm one of those people that likes to procrastinate on the project that I'm working on with another really big project that I'm working on. Um, And yeah, so today I'm really excited to talk to you about a book that I self-published about almost four years ago now. So I'd love to talk about what the self-publishing process was then, which is drastically different and so much, it's so much easier now. Oh, it's so much easier now. So I'm so excited to talk about that. Um, And yeah, we get to talk about some of the other fun new things that have popped up in my orbit. (laughs) We're making it sound so mysterious. You got to keep listening and then you're going to find out. I know I've been I've been secretly telling people about what's going on, like one on one, because I am. um I am very much an empath and I will 100% sponge the emotions out of people. So when 
when people get really excited, like I also get really excited, but I am also 100% an introvert. So I will get like really excited and then need to go take a nap. <laughs> so I need to like hold myself together for when I get to tell everybody and we're going to have a really big party. Um, and so I need to like gird myself up and like get my like um, introvert energy stored up. So when I can tell everybody at the exact same time. I love it. I'm so excited. I love it. Okay, so let's start with your your first book, right? I love it. I know I used it and I made so much art into it, out of it. Maybe you can talk about what it was about. Yeah, so my first book is called 100 Days of All About Me, 100 Introspective Prompts About Your Right Now Life. And I had zero intentions of writing a book when I set out to create this. It was something, it originally started out as my 100 days project. And for the 100 days project, I was keeping things very simple. And so I decided to create a question that I would then ask myself internally. So I was creating a reflection question as my 100 days project. So on day one, I asked myself the question, what is my name? And I didn't necessarily create any art from there. I just used that as an internal reflection question. And so for 100 days, I created an internal reflection prompt for each day. After that, I was like, oh, okay, well now I have 100 questions. Better do something with them. So then I went back for each of my 100 questions and I created a little, I answered them. I didn't necessarily create some kind of epic great art with them, but I did answer them. And I didn't just journal them because anytime I journal something, it winds up being more than just words. Uh, whether it has arrows, whether it has bullet points, anytime I write, there is more visual something to it than just pages of paragraphs of prose. And this is true even when I was writing 10 and 20 page papers in college. And so after I took 100 days of writing the prompts, I took 100 days of writing answers in little art form. I was like, oh, you know what? I need to share this with people. And I turned it into an email series where I sent people questions every day for a hundred days. And then finally I was like, you know what? The best way to share this with people, the easiest way to share this with people, the most accessible way to share this with people because my bottom line is I really, really like for things to be accessible. Not necessarily free, and I don't think accessibility always has to do with cost. Um, I think that one of the most easily, one of the ways that we can make things most readily accessible is to turn things into books, whether they be paperback books, hardcover books, digital books. And not only did it bring my hundred prompts out from just the crafting audience, because one of the 100 day project is such a crafting based audience. You know, I'm gonna say something stupid here. Regular people read books. And once you, <laughs> once you make a book, it's like, oh my God, you made a book, I can read that book. It's not a crafting <laughs> thing anymore. And, and like that actually happened. Like as soon as I turned it into a book, so many of my my regular people friends, my not crafty friends, my relatives, they were like, oh my God, you wrote a book? That's something that I can be a part of. And it was no longer, there was no longer this, this crafty gatekeeping. Because hmm. um, even though there are so many projects that I do that are accessible to the point that I couldn't even make them more accessible if I tried, um, 
like I have lists that you fill out. One of them is just take a photo, like literally just take a photo of yourself, please. But some people still find that, you know, intimidating and overwhelming. But once you turn something into a book, oh, well, I've had books since I was, I, since I can remember. I've had books since I was a kid. I read books in school. I love books. Or even if you don't love books, you know what a book is. You understand a book. And so once you turn something into a book, it becomes more accessible to a wider audience. And I think that was one of the most interesting things about creating my book. And I just wanted, I wanted it to be out there. I wanted it to be easy. I wanted it to be accessible. So self-publishing through Amazon was just the easiest thing to do. And not, I don't, I don't want to say that it was easy. Like it took 30 minutes. I want to say it was easy because I could do it all by myself without having to like go get an agent or have, you know, X amount of followers on Instagram before somebody would read my book proposal. Or I didn't even have to create a book proposal because I just made the whole thing myself. And when I say anyone can do it, I'm not lying. Like anyone can do it. And you can do it with free tools that are out there. It might take you a little while to figure out how to do all of the steps. And it might take you a little while to actually do everything. And there is a checklist of things that you have to do. But also, if you are stumbling at any of the different points on the checklist, you can hire out for any one of the different points at the checklist. And you can hire out like it's Fiverr. I think Fiverr is still a website, right? Wherever you would go to hire like a freelance person, whether you want to hire a freelance person to design your cover or format your inside pages, which are probably two of the things that I struggled with the most. Because when you are creating your book, essentially, quote unquote, from scratch, and you have to design every single one of the elements, like your, your, your cover page or like your actual cover, not your cover page, your actual cover has to have artwork that comes in very specific dimensions. Your spine has to have artwork that comes in very specific dimensions. And you might not be good at that, or you might not just want to have the hassle of doing that. And like Canva has very good templates for this, but that might not be what you want to do. Like, it's going to take you some time. If you want your cover to look good, if you want it to feel like your book, that might not be your skill set. So there are tons of people who are like book cover wizards. They will make your book cover look amazing. That is literally their job is to just design book covers. And for a fraction of what you would pay to have somebody do your entire book, you can just get a cover and they'll have it in the right size. They'll have it in the right format. And you don't have to worry about like that part. Same with your inside pages. You can get someone to design you like a template and then you can go and create your pages on that template. If that's not enough, you can have someone give someone your designs and have them design your entire inside pages. Because like th those were the two things that really tripped me up the most were making sure that I got my formatting in the way that Amazon needed my formatting to be. And so this was in fall of 2017. And I will say that it has gotten easier since then. Their instructions have gotten more clear. They have created software on the, I want to say it's Kindle Design Studio, but it's all, it's all initials. That's, that's the word that I'm looking for. Um, so I don't actually know what any of it actually stands for. So I'm just going to make up words. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like there's software inside the Kindle uploads 
that makes it easier for you to do all these things and to check if your stuff is right, as opposed to before when it was like, submit it. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you if you passed or failed. Mm-hmm. So I think that is probably the most difficult thing. I mean, aside from actually, you know, <laughs> writing a book. Doing the book. <laughs> yeah. Like if you have the content, like, if you have the content, especially when it comes to self-publishing, there are lots of reasons to self-publish a book as opposed to going through a traditional publisher. Mm. I think if you have something that's ready to go, self, like self-publish it. Like if, if it's just sitting on your shelf, self-publish it. Because if it's good, someone will see it and pick it up. If you, if it's good and you market it and you do a great job pushing the book, someone will pick it up and, and, republish it because like that's exactly what happened with Amy Tangerine's book craft a life you love um you don't need to have your quote-unquote manuscript sitting on a a shelf for five years Hmm. it will help you get through the process and then you'll get started writing on your second book and your third book and your fourth book it's also really great for things like workbooks and journals and it's great for ways to supplement courses. Like if you have a really nice course and you want to create a course workbook and you want to make it so that your course workbook is available for people to easily get around the world, you know, Amazon is going to be able to ship that around the world faster and cheaper and more on demand than if you have it, you know, stacked in your, whatever you have office shipping center, And it's so much, there's so much less money that you have to put up in order to have reserves, in order to have inventory, in order to have any of that stuff. That being said, one of the really nice perks of self-publishing your book is that you can then buy author copies from Amazon at a very low price and then put them in 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 your shore, which is a combination of shop and store. You can put them in your shop and then sell them at the retail rate and make money, which is generally not what's going to happen if you do it any other way. And so it's a great way to do a bunch of things that you might not be doing otherwise. Hmm. And like if you want to write the great, the next great American novel and you want every single person in America to read it and you want a publisher to send you on book tours around America, you know, don't, don't self publish. But if you have, if you have something already done and you want to get it into the hands of people, like do this, get it into the hands of people. It's not hard. Like I know everybody listening to this show is a smart and capable person and they can do this. Like if you can, follow instructions to do any of the get messy tutorials, you can follow the instructions to self publish a book. (laughs) And it just, it, it just takes some time like any other project. And there are a lot of really cool options that you can do. Like when I published my book, 100 days of all about me, I took my prompts And I created two different books. I created one book that is in full color and I got really pretty graphics to go with all of the prompts. And I have a really nice thick color book with all of the prompts and really great stock photos. And it's gorgeous, but it's in color. It's a little bit more expensive. And I wanted there to be a very accessible version of the prompts. So I created, in addition, a solely black and white workbook version, which if you're only doing black and white, the cost of the book drops dramatically. So like the cost of my full color 200 page book was retailing retails was retail retails for about $35 and the retail cost of my workbook, which is only about a hundred pages, like 102 pages 
retails for $12. So you can not only as an author, but as a businesswoman, you can play around with all the different options for your audience and decide, you know, what is the price point that I want for my customers? What is going to be best for them? What's going to work for them both financially, artistically, visually, as they're consuming this content? Is it going to be better for them to consume the content in color? You know, what size is it going to be best for them to consume this content in? And so you have so many different options when you're self-publishing that it can be a little bit overwhelming. But I think if you go into it with like, you know, what am I trying to achieve for my reader? You will come out with some really good answers and you can create something that is wholly yours. Yeah. Okay. So this, what am I trying to, to achieve for my reader? When you were creating, well, for both books, when you're creating them, did you give that person a name? How far did you go with knowing your reader and knowing who you were writing it for? I am like the worst person at creating ideal customer avatars. <laughs> I am so bad at it. Sometimes I just pick random people um, in like just like members or yeah. friends. That seems like a great idea. And I'm like, okay, some, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's like a specific person in the membership. Sometimes it's like a group of people. Sometimes I, and I'll just be like, okay, I know I'm creating this for like Julie or I know that I'm creating this for, you know, this new member that I think is almost ready to do this thing. Um, and like, I, I want somebody to do this. And I know like um, one of our members, uh, Shannon is like the most amazing digital minimalist scrapbooker on the planet. And she's like on like the far end of the spectrum of creating things in like digital and in minimalist. And so I love using her as an avatar because she is going to create things that are on, on the, the one end of the spectrum. And then I, I love using people who are maximalists on the other end of the spectrum and putting them together and be like, okay, in the Venn diagram of the maximalist and the minimalist, how can I talk to both of these people at once and give them what they need together. And so when I was creating the, the book, the 100 questions book, I was asking, what can I give someone so that they can answer all of these questions about who they are and feel like when they're done with this book, they've told some really, really great stories about their lives. And when they finished this book, or even maybe not when they finished this book, but when they've started this book, they say, hey, you know what? I really wanna ask these questions to my older female relatives because I wanna know their stories too. And that, that was like the, the stretch goal. Mm -hmm. My first goal was to get people to tell the stories of their lives with all these 100 questions. And then my stretch goal was to have people read this and be like, oh, you know what? I need to ask my mom these questions. I need to ask my aunt these questions. I need to ask my grandma these questions. And it made me so happy when I got these little notes saying, oh my God, I love this book. I ordered three copies for my aunt and my grandma and my mom. <sighs> like those, those were the best. Those were the best messages that, that, that was what really made it. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like you saying you're bad at the avatar. I think you're brilliant at it. We're both of us are just lucky that we have members and we're able to like pinpoint specific people. They exist. Our perfect customers exist and they're part of us. That, that might be what it is. Yeah. So the opposite is true for that. I love the way that your first book started as a project like it started as the art a lot of people overthink things and they think about the end product before they even start writing before they even start creating so I freaking love that it started as yours and your journey and then 
it evolved from there. Obsessed with that. Are you willing to talk about what your next book is? I was going to say, well, this segues into <laughs> the next book pretty good. <laughs> so the next book that I'm writing is from a class that I have been teaching for, I am trying to count backwards in years now. <laughs> okay, we're in 2021 now. I think the first year I taught it was 2013. Mm. Um, I think. I know I was living in New Jersey. Mm. And it's called Find Your Voice. <sighs> and it has always been, I've, I've taught it three times so far. I taught it in, I've, I'm pretty sure it's 2013, 2015. And then again, in 2019, I, my years are, my years are all off. Mm. I think living in, uh, in quarantine for two years has really like really messed yeah. up my, my, my years. Yeah. Because we've had like 10 years this last year. Well, that's right. I mean, it feels like we've been at home for like a whole decade yeah. and mm -hmm. everything is just, yeah. So find your voice is pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> It is a journey to help you find who you are as a storyteller. Mm. And it goes from like the very basics of why are you here on this storytelling journey? Why did you decide to become a better storyteller? And it dives into, there are several modules and usually it was taught over, you know, six weeks and we go into a different module each week and there were creative challenges there are you know different things in the class where you know each week there would be a a thick workbook because that's who i am i can't not have workbooks and there are worksheets in the workbook and in throughout the workbook and throughout the the actual teaching it's a lot of how to figure out who you are as a person who likes to tell stories and how to tap into that person that you are to become better at telling stories because storytelling is a skill and sure you can like Google become a better storyteller and someone, you know, there will be lots of people out there telling you, this is how to tell better stories. This is how to tell better stories. But in order to become a better storyteller of the stories in your own life, I think it's really important to know the kind of storyteller that you want to be first. Because I think there are so many, like, there are so many old white dudes out there saying, like, this is how to tell a story. Like, you know, introduction, Act one, act two, you know, rising action, denouement, conclusion. And I feel like that kind of alienates so many people because we don't see that in our lives. Like we don't see, there's so many times where we don't see like the conclusion of something. And so we don't see the importance of telling that story because there hasn't been a conclusion. And so we we don't see the importance of telling stories as they happen, but there's so much beauty in telling stories as they happen, because when we go back and look at the things that we've written and the stories we've told as they happen, there's so much context and we can get so much knowledge and learn so much about ourselves by looking back at the things that we wrote while we were in the things that were happening that you don't ever get that back. Like you can't write about something that happened two years ago, the same way as if you wrote about it while it was happening. And when we learn about ourselves as storytellers, when we write about the stories that we love to watch, we love to listen to, we love to read, then we can tap into why we love those stories. 
whether they are television shows, whether they're books, whether they're other people's scrapbooks or art journals, whether they are poetry, we learn why we like these things and how we can take the parts that we like and bring them into our own art. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so much what uh, Find Your Voice is about. It's about learning how you are the storyteller, learning how storytelling is an art, how you can take that art form and make it your own and then go from there, both visually, both with words. And it's one, it is one of my favorite things to teach every time I bring it back. I love putting the workbook together so much. I love, I personally love filling out the worksheets every single time and like creating the workbook itself is enough for a self-published book. And after I finished Find Your Voice, might've been last year, because I feel like we did it during quarantine. (laughs) I really do. I feel like it was last year. So we'll say it was 2020. (laughs) Okay, so last year, after I finished writing the workbook, I was like, you know what? I could just self-publish this. I don't have to edit it. I don't have to do anything. But that just didn't feel, that didn't sit well with me. I was like, you know what? Let me, let me edit this whole thing. I can keep it in, you know, I can change the modules to chapters. I can just go through and make passes. Cause I, there were a few things that I was gonna need to change anyway that said, you know, look to the lesson for this or go watch the video. And obviously there's none of that. So that needed to be changed. So if I was going to have to go in and make those changes, why not just take a little bit of time and make some more changes? Because the other thing was I didn't have any time to market a new book anyway. Like that really wasn't on the timeline to just be like, Hey guys. And also I have a book. (laughs) so that got pushed to the back burner and then it got pushed to the way back burner with all the stuff that happened this year. But now I've been slowly editing it in my procrastination time. I bring it out on good notes and I mark it up with a lot of red pen. Um, and I add pages in where I want to add more stuff and Slowly, it's becoming something that instead of something that I just could have self-published, which there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If I had chosen to just self-publish this workbook and be like, oh, cool, here on on the Awesome Ladies Project, we have this Find Your Voice workbook. We have this Find Your Voice course. And if you want a really nice workbook to go along with it, you can go get this workbook on Amazon too. Like that would have been fine. That would have been totally plausible and a great thing for me to do, but I wanted it to be something more. I wanted it to be this standalone book that, like I was saying earlier, once you make something into a book, it's no longer gatekeeped and people don't see it as this crafty thing. And people are like, oh, well, I'd like to learn more about my storyteller voice, even though I don't do any crafting. And so I wanted to bring it to those people. And so my customer avatar is no longer these people who are in my membership, although they will get some some stuff out of it. My customer avatar is now essentially somebody who would not be in my membership Hmm. and may not necessarily join my membership unless they found the book, read the book, did something, and was like, oh, wow, this is actually really life-changing let me go find these people. And so it's, it's a shift. And it's so interesting how you can use books to bring people into your orbit, to help people do things inside your orbit, to create bridges between two different subjects inside of your orbit to connect people throughout your orbit. There are so many different things that you can do with books that 
when it comes to self-publishing, if you have something, if you have something that's ready, if you have something that's just publishable, just make it happen. There's not that much that you have to do. It is a lot easier than you think it is. Mm. I love how you, your whole thing is, is accessibility. Like the way you're talking about the books and making them accessible and like your Thursday three that you do on Instagram. Um, you just make it as easy as possible to connect with yourself and to connect with your heart and tell your story and, there's, there's so much power in that because I think also like as women, we just told that, oh, it's the men's stories. It's always, um, you know, they get to write history. And now there's a little bit of a shift towards her story and, and you're empowering women to do that. Yeah. I think it's really, really, really important that underrepresented people tell their stories. Mm whether that's women, whether that's people of color, whether that's disabled people, whether that's uh, queer people, whether that's children, whether that's older people, whether that's people who have any type of underrepresentation, native people, uh, sick people, people who are not necessarily disabled, but just chronic illness. I think that, you know, like, I don't necessarily consider myself disabled, but I have two overlapping headache disorders that make me chronically sick. And I have had to like drastically alter my life to make it so that my work fits around the way my body works. And when we don't tell the stories of how our lives actually work everyone just thinks that everyone else's life is kind of exactly the same even though their life is nothing like the, the same that they think everyone else's life is and that loneliness is so prevalent when when you think that your life is different from everybody else's because you've never heard stories that are like your life, that loneliness cuts so deep. And so to hear stories that have anything to do with your life, hear stories that just even remotely have to do with something that is like you, that is just so, it's like, it's literally like when the entire day has been cloudy, and then the sun just pops out. And it's so important. It's just, it's so important. And to, you don't know when you're going to be that person for somebody else. You have no idea. And I still don't know when I'm that person for somebody else. I mean, it's happened hundreds of times. And I still think, oh, Kristen, you have no, like, uh, Kristen, you just stay at home. And you don't really do anything. You haven't left the house in like a year and a half. I mean, obviously I went to Costco yesterday and, you know, but also I like, I live in a college town and all the college kids are back. I don't want to go out now. They, <laughs> they're so irresponsible. No, like um, I'm a fellow homebody. So yeah, no judgment. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, it doesn't matter if you think your life is boring. It doesn't matter if you think your life is not worthy. It doesn't matter if you think your life is like, you know, not Instagram perfect. Who cares? Perfect lives are boring. Amen. And when you tell your story of struggle, when you tell your story of sadness, when you tell your story of, hey, this was really hard, or this is what I'm going through, or you know what? This is kind of screwed up. Other people feel the same way. And they're like, oh, hey, you know what? I feel the same way. And people also are like, hey, you know what? I didn't know that I felt the same way, but actually I really feel the same way. And that connection can't be created until you tell that story. Mm. And I think 
I think that's actually one of the things that we, and I, when I say we, I mean, those of us that are old enough and techy enough to remember web 1.0 blogs and the old Instagram where we had real connections telling our stories online. And now, now we're, I feel like we're losing a little bit of that with the fast paced moving into web 3.0 reels, TikTok, you know, ultra quick video snippets hmm. where it's focused more on entertainment instead of one-to-one -one connection. Because when we were writing blogs, it was really cool to, you know, get into the weeds of the comments and talk back and forth with people. You know, you were writing your blog post and sharing your pictures and your life because one, it was a writing exercise and you were sharing, but two, there were people on the other side that actually cared. And sure, we have that on, on social media right now, but it's less, you know, I feel like there's less of the specific people that we're sharing too, and more of the general ether that we're putting it out into. Mm. And that, that connection feels, a that, that one-to-one -one connection feels a little bit murkier than it did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love what you're saying about stories to combat loneliness. I like that reaches me in my gut because I feel like loneliness is like a theme of my life. And that's why I go out searching for these creations, these connections. And that's why I think a lot of what we create and what we put out in the world comes from our, ourselves. Um, I think you've articulated telling your story and the importance of it so well, because We are taught that talking about yourself is selfish, but inherently at the base of it, it's not. It's, it's a connection and it is so unselfish because you are giving others the permission to be themselves and to show their true selves. And man, it's just, it's not selfish at all. It is, it's connection. It is making things accessible. It is combating loneliness. It's all of those things just in a story and just in sharing your experience. And I think when you are able to tell your own story, it helps you to be able to listen and understand and empathize with other people's stories so much better. And that in turn makes you a better storyteller of your own stories. Like there is such, there's such a cyclical motion when it comes to storytelling, like, You will be a better storyteller of your own stories if you listen to other people telling their stories, which will then in turn make you a better storyteller of your own stories. And and that is that is everything. Yeah. Like that is it is everything to me because one, stories are getting told by lots of people. And two, that is that is community. That is community at its core. Mm -hmm. Because Everyone is sharing. Like, there is a communal effort happening and knowledge is being generated. You know, I think one of the other things that we forget when we talk about stories and we talk about art is that this is not just some thing that we do for fun because we're ladies and we have extra time on our hands. <laughs> We are creating knowledge. We are learning about things. We are generating new ideas. And that only comes from having communications, starting new things, putting in the work. And that doesn't happen unless you can communicate. And it's not some, you know, frou-frou little thing that girls do because it's like girl time. This is 
actual, real, tangible work that gets done because we put the effort in. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're so good at at taking the current narrative that, you know, scrapbookers are like stay-at-home moms with hours of time and you like turning it into, what's the phrase? Like you're turning it into a battle cry, right? You're taking the power back from it. You're making it a warrior statement. I love it. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Tell me what you're doing on the 1st of October. I am having an app launch release party. Yay! I am so excited, Kaylee. I cannot even tell you. Um, I have been working on the Awesome Ladies Project app for uh, 10 months. Yeah, 10 months actively. And before that, like your whole app in your head. (laughs) I remember right before we moved, I had a, a, we moved um, August 2014. I had a paper up on my uh, sliding closet doors that said five-year plan ALP app. Not five years, but I think that's okay. I am, it is so cool. Like I have created some, like I am, I do not do good when I like talk about myself. Like I am not good at talking about myself. I'm not good at talking about my accomplishments. I'm not good at like saying here, come do this thing, come pay me for this thing. I'm like very bad at that. That is something I have struggled with my entire life. This is the coolest thing I've ever made. I hands down. It is the like, and honestly, I don't care all the money I've put in. And I honestly didn't even put that much money. Like when people talk about how much they paid for apps, like companies have like, Oh my God, I that's like buy yourself a new car money. Um, all the time, all the effort, it could just be me who uses it and it would be totally worth it. Like, I mean, it is so like, it is the awesome ladies community, the website, the courses, the forums, the groups, the messages, the newsfeed, the podcast, all that stuff. It's all on the app now. And you just put it in your pocket and go. It's like it. what I set out to do at the beginning was to create a place that was a healthier scroll than our current social media situation. I was getting a little bit tired of being jerked around by the bigger social media companies and constantly fighting to basically see all my friends' stuff. And it was just... it. It just got progressively harder and harder and harder to see basically just the pictures of the stuff that my friends were uploading to Instagram, which seems counterintuitive. And, you know, the algorithm changes and now it's reels and then, you know, it was stories and stories are fine. I love stories. Now it's even more difficult to share on stories because they're taking away the reshare button. And now they want you to go into stories and put in a little reshare sticker instead of the little, oh, oh my God. Oh, I, I didn't even know about this. Oh, Great. this is, it hasn't, I haven't gotten it on my account yet, but oh. there are a bunch of people that have gotten oh. it on. I know it's so, it's so convoluted to make you spend like, I don't even know what it is, like three, 0.5 more seconds per shared photo on the app that it just makes me feel just used in so many different ways, like nickel and dimed as, as my mother would say, <laughs> um, when she would get like all of these, uh, you know, like the power bill and there were those little <laughs> fees or the other bill. And there would just be these tiny little fees. Kristen, I'm getting nickel and diamond all from, and that's how I feel from Instagram. It's like, well, you want three and a half seconds to make me share this photo in stories this other way, but that button down there works really well. Why are you taking it away? Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to design something where like, I knew I wasn't going to be a jerk to everyone who was using it. (laughs) (laughs) Very like base requirements, right? Right. Like exactly. Like I'm not going to like take your data and sell it to a whole bunch of people that are not nice and are going to do bad things to it. 
like, I'm not going to spy on you and um, like send you weird ads. I mean, I don't even have weird ads, so not, that's not going to happen. You get to see everything everyone posts. A chronological <laughs> timeline. Like, Brilliant. Who knew? A chronological <laughs> timeline. But then also, like, then there's just also your awesome ladies classes. Um, you can DM with all your friends. You can group DM. And it's just, it's a way to get back to community without having to spend all your time on Instagram trying to find those people. Because, mm. like, back in the day, you didn't have to go searching for, like, the cool people on the blogs. You know, you just found them. It wasn't like searching for a needle in a haystack. There was just like, oh, okay, that I'm, I'm into that haystack. Give me that <laughs> haystack. <laughs> right? Like, it, it, it was just easier. And I want to make it easier again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Accessible. Exactly. Accessible again. <laughs> so, right. So, like, the app is free. So, anyone can join the community. Just come and join the community and share your projects again. Share the cool things that you're making. And come and sh- like and comment on everything that everyone else is making. Mm. And then, like, you know, if you are into the things that we're doing in the All Access Club, come join the paid membership. If not, there's a free community for you to come and hang out with all of these awesome crafty ladies that are just wanting to be your friend. I love it. Uh, Yeah, I love it. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Thank you. Make it super easy for people to get to all your good stuff. (laughs) I'm so excited. This chat was amazing. I love your heart and I love what you're doing for other people's hearts. Thank you so much for putting it out there and doing the work so that the work is less for us. Anytime. You're amazing. So are you. <laughs>